Welcome to Sports Talk. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. And instead of a full episode this time out, we're going to pivot just a little bit and give you a D-Wade three-piece. I'm going to hit on two or three subjects and just get in and out really quickly in between full-fledged episodes. We're up to 77 full episodes, and of course, we have some brief casts along the way and some specials that we have done. I think that now we are going to do the D-Wade two-piece. Well, or maybe three-piece. I don't know. Maybe two-plus. Or the D-Wade double-dutch. We'll come up with something, but it's my way of coming to you guys between episodes because, you know, legit. Logistically gathering the entire crew can be a chore. And of course, the holidays have been around, but there's so much that has gone on and we've missed you. And of course, if you don't listen to the Houston show, and even if you do listen to the Houston show, it's not a total reflection of what we like to do on the podcast. But I've had a chance to, to vent and express myself in that way. But this time out, I'm going to touch on a couple of issues. want to remind you guys, and thank you, by the way, your response has been absolutely tremendous. And I want to tell you this. You have to listen closely to what I'm about to say. Although I have not been putting full podcasts out, I have been working on something humongous, something big, something important, and something that I want you to be a part of. I've been talking about it for a while, uh, or maybe not as much. This part, I don't know that I've talked about a lot. But I do have something coming up that I want all of you guys to be a part of. It makes everything so much easier. It streamlines things, and I will get you guys involved. If you've been here from the beginning or even for the last 10 or 15 episodes, you know that we are working and striving and trying to position ourselves and sort of trying to create our lane, whatever that looks like. And we'll definitely do that. But again, that's coming up in the next week, 10 days or so. Uh, we'll we'll let you know and I'll get the word out, but I certainly want to thank you. And I certainly feel like, man, I'm so compelled to come to you guys. I get my opinions out there on Saturdays, but I want my podcast audience to hear from me. And of course, we'll have Biscuit and Eddie Robinson and all of those guys, Kevin Allen, the Silver Fox and Haywood Jeffries. And we'll have all those guys involved. But this time out, I'm just going to hit you with a couple things really, really quickly. We are hours away from the Dallas Cowboys taking on the New Orleans Saints. And I can't wait for this one. And I, I tell you what, in the preseason, I picked the New Orleans Saints and the Pittsburgh Steelers to go to the Super Bowl. And I'm feeling really, really good about my New Orleans Saints uh, pick so far. But you know what the thing about that is when you get to feeling too good in the NFL, things can kind of shift under your feet. And I, I think this is a trap game on some levels except for it's a nationally televised game it's on the road for new orleans in jerry world i'm telling you man this is going to be a wonderful display for the new orleans saints it is sort of like a a crowning achievement but they have a lot more football to play and you don't want this team to peak too early but the fact that drew Brees is playing the kind of football he is at the age that he's playing and you talk about that two-headed monster in the backfield of kamara and ingram I mean, this is a wonderful team, and they're playing a lot better defense than people give them credit for. Now, for their part, the Dallas Cowboys, they're doing their thing, and they've won in a horrible division, and they've done what they needed to do. And now the myopic Dallas Cowboy fans, who we hear a lot from down here in Houston, Texas, they're doing what they do. And, okay, you enjoy it. Enjoy your little Thanksgiving win. Enjoy your recent success. And enjoy the fact that you may very well win the 
NFC East, the worst, the worst, I would say, I was going to say one of the, one of the two worst. They, they're definitely one of the two worst, but it's actually the worst division in football. I was going to say the AFC South, but they're playing better, better, uh, better football in Indianapolis and they've been playing better football in Houston. And I tell you what, those two divisions are still up for grabs. And I know people are on the Houston bandwagon and maybe I should be too being a native Houstonian and in light of the passing of Bob McNair which will inevitably or invariably give the Texans the emotional uh, they will galvanize them emotionally and give them the boost that they need to to go to the Super Bowl in the name of their owner I'm not feeling that and I will say this let me address this about Bob McNair really really quickly because and that's not part of the the D-Wade two-piece Tuesday or the two-piece Thursday or whatever but I've said a lot of negative things about Bob McNair and some of it was a bit hyperbolic but let me say this yes he was a great Houstonian He, he did a lot for the city of Houston and for that the entire city should be grateful and we should be appreciative that he brought football back because I don't think Tim and Fertitta was there financially yet. I don't think Mattress Matt could have got there financially. I didn't, I don't know that anyone else in the greater Houston area stepped up to try to get Houston a team. I know I remember, I mean, I was there from the very beginning from when they were building the stadium to they named the team. I was there the entire time. I was there for all of those events, came across Mr. McNair a number of times, or Bob McNair. That's a weird thing to me. I guess if you're a billionaire, everybody, even millionaires and grown-ass men have to call you Mr. Uh, as I guess I don't, uh, I guess some respect for his, his coin, I guess. I don't know. He was a, a nice man. Don't get me wrong. He was on the wrong side of history on the Colin Kaepernick thing. I understand you can be about the business that is the NFL. You can be about your money and be more sensitive to the issues of the African-American players than he was. Now, granted, he was an old guy, 81 when he passed away. And he also came from South Carolina and came to Houston, which Houston is not the hotbed for liberal thinking or openness and, and, and open arms and acceptance of everybody. I mean, I understand that. But by and large, he was a he was a good guy for the community. And I I just think that his views were reflective of a man of his era. And that puts him on the wrong side of history on this side, on this issue. And I think that even if you want to go into the Colin Kaepernick thing and you don't, you disagree because you think, hey, the football field is no place to do that. There's a way to display more empathy. There's a, a way to not just try to pacify these guys so you can scratch this irritating itch that is uh, the African-American player striving for equality in society or wh- whatever your issue. There's a way to, to show legitimate empathy. And he he had not done that. And you hear more and more reports about things he said. Of course, the inmates running uh, the asylum and all of those things. I get it. I get it. And, and I know that that's a touchy thing. Some people are like, oh, what's the big deal? He didn't mean it like that. He just screwed up. No, no, I, I don't buy that. But So clearly on that particular issue, he was on the wrong side. But what he has done for the city of Houston, I don't want to forget. And I don't want to just gloss over because he did do a lot for the city of Houston. He did the YMC, the Texans YMCA, right there down the street from where I grew up in Palm Center, which off of Griggs and MLK. I grew up maybe maybe a mile from there, maybe 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 a mile, maybe a little bit over a mile from there. And he brought he put that right in in the hood. And and I applaud that. And he was really good to his guys, to his players. 
and he just seemed to be a really genuinely nice guy. Uh, but some of the things that they've said uh, about him on the other side, you know, almost like he's angelic. Uh, I think I heard uh, Jamie Ruth say, well, when God created man, he had Bob McNair in mind. Now, again, I know it's too soon, but come on. Come on, man. You, you know what I mean? That's a bit much. So, and we know that he had a few issues racially, and I think that he was on the wrong side. And again, I'm not going to go ahead and I won't be uh, sort of as, uh, I won't be as inflamed. Uh, I won't go in on him like I have in previous shows because, again, part of that was just me being crazy and going a bit over the top. Um, but I do think that historically he'll be on the wrong side. But it's definitely a loss for the city of Houston. And having the Texans here and what they've been able to do from J.J. Watt on down, from the, all the charitable work of Andre Johnson and many of the players, him himself, $500 million to the greater Houston area. So, and you know, I think that's a big, big deal. So he was a, like anybody, a flawed individual. I think if you do my eulogy and you kind of, Look over my situation whenever that is. Yeah, I'm, you know, if you look hard enough, you'll find something. Well, you may not have to look that hard. But anyway, I say that to say this. Two bad divisions, Dallas and one of those. They have an opportunity to be the create the most obnoxious fans in 20 years if the Cowboys win tonight. We would have a, what, about, what, 10 days of just nauseating, mind-numbing Cowboy talk around the country. And nobody. Not even some Cowboy fans want that. But I will say this. I am picking the New Orleans Saints to cover, to do it in, a, in grand fashion. I know that they have a really nice defensive team, but I just think that there are too many ways that the New Orleans Saints can beat you. They can they can do a number of things. They can just ground and pound. They can work off play action. They can go up and just line up and put Kamara in the slot. I'll put him out wide and make you work on that. There are a lot of things you can do. And when those young receivers have stepped up the way they have, I think, man, this team and Michael Thomas, he is underrated because Drew Brees gets a lot of the attention and deservedly so. But Michael Thomas is a beast, a legitimate beast. Beast. Definitely want to check him out and appreciate him tonight. I think he'll do some work. Now, Dallas, their chance to win is if they're able to really possess the ball for a long time, have long drives, sort of keep New Orleans on the sideline, don't let that offense get into any kind of rhythm, and really get Ezekiel Elliott going and running the football. Or it maybe even conversely, you can go the opposite way and really try to attack New Orleans in ways that they don't imagine that you would by trying to open up that offense. But I don't believe that Dak can do that. So I think that if they're conservative and they can run the football, I think that they can really make this one competitive. But I think that uh, I think the spread was six and a half. I think the New Orleans Saints will cover. And I certainly hope so for the sake of my show locally here in Houston and for Tilly Bill Smith. I don't want to hear from those guys. I'm telling you, I grew up in Houston, and the Dallas Cowboys, uh, their fans were just – it's just – it was it was terrible. It was terrible. Growing up, terrible. Terrible. Never liked the Dallas Cowboys. The rivalry is real. And I don't know about these new fans, but I'm telling you, it, it's deep and it's real and it's sustained. So, uh, with that being said, number two. Two. The second thing I want to jump in on on this this two piece is uh, the Baker Mayfield situation. Baker Mayfield is an idiot. Okay. Now I I, I developed this philosophy when I was a kid, I, and I, I want you to take this with you if 
you know, in life as a philosophy and dealing with people who are, are dumb. Okay. And I'm not talking about intellectually disabled. I'm talking about just dumb people, people just stupid. And my philosophy is if you are stupid, if you are dumb, you should be quiet. You should be a very quiet, soft-spoken person. You should be, you shouldn't have that much to say if you don't know what to say. So if you are dumb, you should be quiet. I, I knew girls in school. And, and, and this is not just for girls. This is guys, too. Girls in school, one girl, dumb and loud. Didn't work. Then you had dumb and quiet. She was cute. <laughs> she didn't have too much to say, but it worked in her favor. Didn't have to say much. She was an attractive girl. Then you have a conversation, and you know, okay, what? It, well, Baker Mayfield is the perfect combination of both. He's dumb and loud. Now, understand the situation in Cleveland. And let me set the stage for you guys. Cleveland fires Hugh Jackson, okay? And we can go back a little bit further than that. Baker Mayfield drafted by the Cleveland Browns. Hugh Jackson makes a decision early on. Wasn't a surprise. Didn't fool anybody. Didn't didn't do a switcheroo. Didn't do a bait and switch. From the very beginning, he said, hey, Tyrod Taylor is our starting quarterback. He said that. Tyrod Taylor is our starting quarterback. From the very beginning, he's a leader we needed to establish a leader. He, Matter of fact, he made Baker work to be number two. Baker Mayfield obviously disagreed. Tyrod Taylor got hurt. Baker Mayfield came in, started making plays. Not enough plays, team lost. But the infighting between Haley and Hugh Jackson led to the dismissal of both Haley, the offensive coordinator, and Hugh Jackson, the head coach. Got rid of both of them, right? Okay. So they're gone. Cleveland plays better. Cool. They play Cincinnati at, well, no, let's go back. Cleveland fires Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson goes on a speaking tour, goes to say hello to everybody. Hey, I'm still here. I'm relevant. Uh, hey, I'm still rooting for the Browns. I believe in those guys. It just didn't work out. These things happen. Hey, but I know that I can coach in this league. Well, he gets a shot in Cincinnati to be a special assistant, a special advisor to the team, whatever coaching position they created for him, and he took the gig. Still getting paid from Cleveland because he was under contract. They terminated him but still had to fulfill the obligations of the contract. So Cincinnati plays Cleveland. Cleveland gets off, dominates a enigmatic Cincinnati Bengals team who I can never figure out other than they've had injuries at tight end and wide receiver, and defensively they're the worst in the NFL. Cleveland wins. So like a man, Hugh Jackson goes to shake hands with Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield it shakes, shakes his hand. Hugh goes in for the hug. Baker Mayfield not having it. Gets on the, in the, the post-game press conference, says, hey, yeah, I didn't want to hug him. I didn't have too much to say. Whatever, whatever. He wasn't loyal to us. He went to work for our opponent that we played twice a year. He Basically, he wasn't loyal. These coaches ain't loyal. Whatever, whatever. So, first of all, you were classless in what you did. Second of all, you're short-sighted and you're hypocritical. So now, for whatever reason, certain people, I can't explain it. I don't know why. I I, I don't want to even think the worst. But I don't, for whatever reason, people have Baker Mayfield's back on being rude to Hugh Jackson, which is ridiculous, which is stupid because this guy needed you to be successful. He rooted for your success. They had just come off as a franchise of dealing with a big-headed, know-nothing rookie in Johnny Manziel. 
you, Baker Mayfield, were not an angel in college. And because you were not an angel, guess what? They had to handle you a certain way. Hugh Jackson made a prudent decision both as a coach in trouble and for a coach who's who does not really know how Baker Mayfield will respond to the spotlight. He says, I'm taking the pressure off you. You get your work done. You be humbled. You shut up and go to work every day. Let Tyrod do his thing. This is your franchise. You're the number one pick. This is your team. Let me do this. Let me save you from you. And, by the way, if I don't start you and we struggle and you come on and win four or five games towards the end of the, the, end of the season, I get to keep my job. Smart move by Hugh Jackson. People were pissed. Like, this is my thing. What are you mad about? Oh, they, they should have started him from day one. Why? Are they going to the Super Bowl? Are they going to the playoffs? Are they going to compete? No. So you have time. You bring in a veteran. At the time, you had Josh Gordon. You had some pieces. And, and Joku, the tight end, you had some guys. You 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 can make, manufacture some wins. You're letting that defense get even better. Denzel Ward, Miles Garrett in his second year. You would you had the, thing, the pieces. You were doing your thing, and Tyrod can kind of hold you down. Then once you are eliminated or struggle in the season, Baker, it's your show. Let's go. And you're humbled because you had a chance to sit on the bench. But no, he got in his feelings. And they said, well, oh, he's just so competitive. First of all, you're hypocritical because you left Texas Tech to go to Oklahoma. You didn't get fired. And second of all, you're dumb because you don't understand the game. It's not until Cleveland cuts you or doesn't do something you don't want them to do, and then you'll be pissed off and understand that this is a business, a dirty, low-down business. And until you get that, don't knock another man's hustle. Because I guarantee you, if they cut you today, you would sign with Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, or Baltimore. You would sign with uh, Cleveland, too. If they had a junior team, you would sign with anybody that would give you a gig and allow you to play in the NFL. So, you know, again, it was classless. It was stupid. I don't understand. Oh, he has the right to feel. Okay, years down the line. Understand, I want the people, the folks in Cleveland, I want the fans of the Cleveland Browns to understand. Hugh Jackson tried to save you from the asshole that Baker Mayfield is about to become. Let him go to the playoffs. He will be hard to deal with. He will be as big a diva, if not a bigger diva, than Johnny Manziel. I'm telling you, and again, he'll have his come to Jesus moment. Well, he'll be humbled, however that looks. Is it through injury? Is it through Bad play. Because I guarantee you, once he starts to struggle, he'll blame his teammates first. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But he, it, it won't be until the very end when he'll be brought to his knees and he'll have to look up. And they will have his moment of clarity. And then he'll be humbled. And maybe one day he'll recognize Hugh did what he had to do. He tried to make things work for me. But he's a dumb kid. And that's fine to be a, a dumb kid. But be a dumb, quiet kid. Okay? You you don't have to make it about you. And that's what Hugh did not want him to do from the very beginning. Take the pressure off the kid. Let the rest of the team develop around him. And then he can step into a successful situation. He didn't get that. Now, if you want to say you like his swagger, that's fine. If you want to say he's super competitive, that's cool. But don't sound like a damn fool and don't conduct yourself like that and go in on a man for working in a league where it will be hard for him to get another opportunity, another legitimate opportunity to be a – he will never be a head coach, I don't think. 
he may get an opportunity to be an offensive coordinator. But again, the hustle is real, and you don't get very many shots, especially as African-American coach. You sure don't get many shots. So you have to make career decisions based on availability. So that, and that's, that's why he took the Cleveland job in the first place. How many people lined up and wanted that gig? So, you know, that's my take on that. Uh, he needs to leave Damian Woody alone. He needs to shut up because the Houston Texans are about to give him the business on Sunday. And I'm not even a Texans guy, but the way Jadavion Clowney, a.k.a. Love Mario, is playing along with J.J. Uh, Watt. Hey, man, he is going to have the Blues come Sunday, even if they are able to come into Houston and win, which I don't think they will. Watch what I'm telling you about this guy. He's going to be a headache for the city of Cleveland and for the Cleveland Browns franchise. And Hugh Jackson tried to save you from yourself. And so with that being said, the D-Wade two-piece, whatever, we're going to come up with a clever name for it. And we will come up with a fun way where I can come at you every day or every a couple of days with one or two topics if it gets to be too long between shows. We have a full-fledged episode 78 coming up. We'll have plenty of guests. We have, we'll have uh, the Silver Fox or Eddie Robinson or Biscuit in the building very soon. We'll have our features, our He Got Game or a Wifey Side Piece Crazy X or Ballin' or Fallin'. Uh, we'll do have some of our very special segments that'll uh, be a part of episode 78. But in the meantime, just wanted to shout you guys out. Please respond. If Give me your feedback. Tell me what you feel. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you didn't like. And again, subscribe. And this I will have. I'm telling you, got it coming. I have it coming. With that, I'm getting out of here. And as always, have a great day.